Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast Meditate with Samara. Thank you for choosing to spend your time and energy to listen to I find what is going to be a very exciting, exciting topic that's valuable and useful. And in this podcast episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Lea Santa Cruz, a meditation teacher with a unique background in neuroscience and psychology. After experiencing burnout and anxiety during her 10-year career in the tech industry, Leah discovered the transformative power of meditation. She now lives in Bali, and there she teaches others how to become meditation teachers, as well as leading retreats all around the world. Notably, she is the head of meditation and coach on the award-winning Balanced Meditation app, and she's also the co-host of the popular podcast, Well Balanced. With over 5 million people benefiting from her teachings worldwide, Leah's meditation and teachings can help you too. So welcome to our podcast. Hi, Leah. Hi, happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Samara. Thank you for your time and wanting to share this gift of self-love. And I find that this is a topic that is quite important, but also it could go anywhere. So I'm curious about yeah. What is your experience lately about, you know, taking care of yourself and loving yourself? What does that mean to you, Leah? Yeah, you know, I used to think I used to think that self-love was this very on the surface type of thing where we maybe go get pamper ourselves or take a bath. And that's part of it. That can be part of it, right? But my concept of self-love has really expanded over the years, especially since I've become a serious meditator and teacher to include so much more really it's a lifestyle and it's a lifestyle that i am on the journey of uh, still on the journey of fully adopting i'm not going to lie and say i completely 100% all the time love myself fully this is like a lifelong thing right it's a, it's something that if if we didn't grow up having it taught to us which i think most of us did not or didn't have great examples of of self-love then it's um it's a, a journey full of obstacles to get there and, and it's a constant balance between um how much do i give to others and to the world and to my career and to everyone else and then and then create the time for myself and then what do i do within that time for myself am i spending the time fighting myself judging myself so a lot of it's a mental thing you know and I, and i have noticed over the years that my self-love journey has really taken a shift as soon as I started to welcome and embrace all the parts of me like not not just the the good parts that I love that's easy it's easy to love the things that we like but where it gets really good and juicy is when we start to offer acceptance compassion and love to the parts of ourselves that don't like or the parts of our personality that we'd rather not have, you know. I have a temper. It's funny because I've grown up with a family of hotheads and you wouldn't know that, right? You think meditation teacher must be zen all the time. But actually I can I can easily default to my family's patterns of getting angry and frustrated as a response to things not going the way I expect. And I would hate myself afterwards. I'd go into this shame cycle. I'd get angry and then I'd 
feel remorse and feel sad and I didn't feel shame about how I acted and it was this double-edged arrow and it wasn't until I started to understand where the anger was coming from where the frustration was coming from instead of wishing I could have a lobotomy and take that part of myself out I would instead learn how to be curious and open to that part of myself to explore where it's coming from when it started how old is it you know it's funny because that those parts of us that we don't like tend to be have started when we were kids somewhere and, and so we get to in practices like meditation is what been the hugest part for me is to be in communication with those parts of myself and find out like what's really going on and what do you need and then to reassure it and that I'm not five years old anymore I'm not that seven-year-old kid on the playground getting bullied by someone or um, I'm an adult now and I have lots of tools and resources and I and so you can you can relax and then free myself up for feeling more joy so that's been a really big part of the journey for me thank you for sharing that Leah. I as I'm listening to you I hear bits and pieces of myself and my experience and hearing my friends and family for example if they give too much and they don't receive as much love for example and not making enough time for themselves and when they do start their meditation practice and they're aware of their thoughts consciously for the first time maybe in a long time there are these mm -hmm. patterns of inner critique and mm -hmm. thoughts that they are pushing away and i'm yeah. yes you did say a few things about how to befriend that and love it and you know be curious but how does one practically when noticing that inner critique can choose love and compassion instead great question so there's a I don't know if it's famous, but he's a pretty well-known psychologist by the name of Dr. Richard Schwartz. And he created something called internal family systems model back in the 80s, I believe. And there's books around it. And uh, it's it's been a really great thing for me to study. It's a psychotherapeutic approach that focuses on on healing and integrating different parts of ourself. So there's this idea that there's multiple parts of ourself, <laughs> multiple parts of the personality. And we want to work with our inner child to to heal and to grow and so some of the things that we do practically is to develop a relationship with the inner child and so that that mean like the first step would be to um, get to know who that inner child is and to listen to what, what are what are their needs what are their desires and it's easy to do that in um sometimes a guided practice or a visualization to visualize you as a small child and you know de depending on what pops up for you you might be two you might be five you might be seven but something will come up right and and typically that's you know a time that was very sensitive or we might have been wounded at that time and we can ask ourselves questions to get to know our inner child just questions like what do you need from me right now or what are you afraid of what do you need to feel safe? What do you need to feel loved and accepted? And what can I do to help you heal? It might be saying the words to your inner child that you might have needed to hear from a parent or a role model. Um, because that inner child might 
most likely most of our inner children are carrying some unresolved feelings of pain or hurt or trauma from our past experiences and it's important for us to validate and to acknowledge those feelings are real and to understand them to have some understanding rather than just dismissing or suppressing parts of ourselves or dismissing our inner child that's feeling wounded we really want to be compassionate and understanding if a child came up to you and was like i'm so scared of the monster under my bed we could balk at them and laugh and say oh that's ridiculous there's no monster under your bed get go to bed you know but that wouldn't be very compassionate most most adults who are on the conscious path would would go to that child and be like oh honey i can tell you're afraid you must feel really scared right now you know what let's let's go check and see if there's a monster but i think i think it's going away now i think it's really a nice it's actually a nice monster or let's just look together oh looks like it's safe you're totally safe now we give it we give that kid reassurance right we would we would acknowledge that their feelings are valid we would um and then work to reassure them and that's kind of what we have to do with our inner child and it's a part of validating and then it's giving that com- the compassion and the care and that's crucial to integrating into healing your inner child and that's a crucial part of our self-love journey um so if, for example we could visualize holding them in our arms and saying words like i love you just the way you are you are beautiful and valuable just the way you are or i am here for you i will always be here for you to protect and care for you um these are words that we really most of us didn't hear or really really need to hear. We could imagine doing something fun together with our inner child or a project to help them feel valuable, to feel significant. We could practice affirmations of you know, I am worthy of love and respect. I am enough just as I am. I am perfect exactly as I am. We can we can use these affirmations. And then know that as we do this kind of work it's really important to know this there's parts of ourselves that are going to try to protect us from the harm or the pain that we felt in the past and they're trying to protect our inner child from being hurt again and they don't know the difference in our subconscious mind between when we were 5 years old or when we were 30 years old they cannot tell time like there's still that little wounded you know there's still that little wounded kid and so our subconscious doesn't know the difference can't tell time it doesn't know the difference between when we were 5 years old and when we're 30 years old it's all the same it's just holding on to that pain and that wound and it's trying to protect us from it happening again so i got to know that my protector parts of my personality were things like the anger so when the anger would show up i started to give it a name and a personality and an image i called <laughs> it the dragon <laughs> and i would imagine this castle with this moat around it and the castle had my inner child in it and this dragon was coming out anytime i got triggered by something that would hit my core wound of like you're not lovable or you're not enough i would the dragon would come out to protect right and it could be anything that sparked that core wound you know uh but that dragon would come out and it would want to protect and so i got to know that this protector part of myself i've been trying to put the dragon in the dungeon and just lock it up 
and be like, you're bad. There's something wrong with you. Really, it was really trying to protect a vulnerable part of me. So once I stepped into self-love, I learned how to ask questions of the dragon, how to have a conversation with the dragon, how to ask it questions like, how long have you been feeling this way, this anger? When was the first time you felt it? And it would show me in meditation, it would show me an image of like, wow, this experience that I had as a kid, I maybe get a memory or a feeling about something, how long I've had this feeling when I first started to feel it. And then I would acknowledge it and be like, wow, you're no you've been holding on to this for so long. That must be really hard. Actually, it must have been such a hard job to have to work so hard protecting. And you've been doing your job so well that you've actually been doing it too well. You know, you've been you've been working overtime and and actually I just want to thank you for all the work you've done, but also know that you know, I'm not that small child anymore that I have those resources and tools and people to support me now. And I'd show that dragon, like in my meditation, I would I would recall memories and examples of, you know, me going through college, uh, m- me standing up to, to someone and standing my ground, me having supportive friends, me learning about meditation and training, and all these different instances that would back up the, the reassurance that like, you know, even if something happens now, I can handle it differently. Like I can handle it now. And that you don't have to work so hard. In fact, you can go take a break, like go and hang out in a hammock somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And until I would notice like a shift, like there would be a real moment where I'd feel that that dragon got it and understood and was like, oh, okay. And, And then I'd say, what would you rather be doing with your energy now that you don't have to work so hard protecting the castle? Oh, I'd love to be painting, you know? And then all of a sudden I'd shift and this wasn't a dragon anymore. It was this little girl painting. Mm -hmm. And so that for me has been part of the journey of self-love of like these integration moments, using meditation as a means to communicate with all the parts of myself and ask those deeper questions and to have that loving nurturing communication that I've always needed and of course you know you can talk about self-love in the realm of of your body too so many of us have body dysmorphia eating disorders uh, body dysmorphia meaning looking at your body and 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 thinking I'm too fat I'm too thin I'm you know there's something wrong with me ah I hate my thighs or my nose or whatever it is and what I love about meditation is we can cultivate self-love by reflecting on ourselves and, and, and also connecting to those parts of our bodies that we have held dislike for or resentment for or um, dismissal for and start to appreciate what does this body part actually do for me? Like that nose that I might not like so much, like wow, what would happen if I didn't have a nose? It'd be really hard to breathe well. It sure would look funny. So this nose is doing a, a great job for me and I can thank it for its purpose in my body. Every part has its purpose. And I can thank my thighs for carrying me through life and allowing me to sit with ease and allowing me to do lunges and run and, 
and walk everywhere and see the world. And so we can start to have, you know, I have had a baby recently and I, my body changed and shifted and I can say, I, you know, love and appreciate my breasts, even though they're different now before uh, having nurtured my, my baby and created milk on my, my stomach for having carried this new life and wow, how much work it did and start to have appreciation and gratitude. And then maybe even ask forgiveness from that body part. Will you forgive me? Or to forgive a part of our body that perhaps we need to forgive. And to say, thank you, I love you, will you forgive me? And do that as much as we need to. I think that's a very healing practice to do in meditation. And when we're faced with our inner critic, that gives us lots of negative self-talk. We don't have to believe it. We can also have a conversation with it. We can bring some humor to it and say, hey, thanks. I recognize you're trying to protect me from something. You don't have to do your job so hard, fear or whatever this is coming from. Um, these beliefs aren't necessary. These beliefs aren't real. They're not based in reality. And, and, and remember that they're not facts. They're just a thought playing on a loop. And so the belief is, that's what our negative self-talk is, it's just thoughts on a loop, those intrusive thoughts. And we can recognize when they're happening and just step a little outside of them through meditation and go, ah, that doesn't mean that's what's real. That's just a thought like any other thought coming through. Because you could have a thought, oh, I want to go to the gym. And you could have a thought, oh, no, I really want to stay and watch Netflix. And then you could have a thought, actually, I really want to go eat ice cream. And which one is us, you know? There are all these different thoughts coming through and it doesn't mean that one is right and one is wrong and one is true and one isn't. It's just that they're just thoughts flowing through. And so are then those negative self-talk. And meditation really shows us that. that it's, everything's just thoughts flowing through. They're just contexts. We're just placing contexts on things. And a lot of times it's not even our voice. It's the voice of someone else. You are sharing so many truth bombs, Leah. <laughs> it's so wonderful to hear your own personal experience through meditation, through your own journey of motherhood about how to love, integrate, and forgive these parts of us and observe you know, our experience and choosing a more loving and compassionate way. And I'm curious, what's your opinion about either how long to do this work for or how often because that's a question that I often get like oh is one meditation going to be enough to heal my inner child or like okay I've done this so much and why is this coming up again in different ways because in my own personal experience I tried to forgive something in the past for my own reactions and then after a while I thought it's not done and then there's another trigger it's like oh it's still there um how how do you feel that we mm -hmm. can do this sustainably, this conscious path? You know, a psychologist, a brilliant person once said to me, think of it like this. It's not like suddenly one day you're going to get enough work done and then suddenly you're changed and you're forever different. And that old part of you is gone. It's not like we're going in there and, and doing a surgical removal. Mm -hmm. It's a bit more like erosion than surgery and so it takes time but also if we think of it like someday I'm going to hit that point where I'm no longer going to have this anymore 
that's also a bit of misguided thinking. Um, and he said it this way, if you were for your whole life training to be a concert pianist, you played the piano like, I don't know, Mozart, you could just, you were just incredible on the piano. Then one day you decided that you didn't want to play piano anymore. You wanted to play violin. Well, now you're starting from scratch again and you're probably going to, it's going to be clunky at first and it might not be so good. And eventually you'll go from beginner to um, intermediate and eventually you'll be more of an advanced player and then you'll be an expert someday. And then one day, eventually down the road, you'll be as magnificent as it, hopefully as you were as the piano, but it'll take plenty of time. But does that mean that one day you'll go back on that piano and then you just forgot how to play? No. You'll always be a concert pianist. But now you have a choice. You can choose to play the violin just as well. So when we're on our self-healing journey or self-love journey or any kind of transformational journey, we have to think of it that way. Like, I will always be able to default back to the mode which took me my whole life to create. So what I'm doing now is the really potentially challenging and, and clunky road of learning a new way of being. But I'll always be able to default or jump right back into that old way of being if I choose to. It's not like I had the lobotomy and part of that's gone. It's like it's always going to be accessible to you. But mindfulness and meditation gives us the opportunity to make a new choice and say, you know what, I choose a different way of being. I choose to play the violin instead. You'll always hear that little voice come up. It probably won't be as loud and it won't be as often and it won't be as convincing. It tells you, oh, what if they don't like me? What if I'm not enough? What if I'm not beautiful enough? What if I'm not smart enough? What if I don't make enough money? What if I'm not lovable enough? It's always going to be something that could pop up for you, especially when we get triggered because those core wounds run deep and it takes years. Trust me, I am still working on mine. <laughs> um, I'm 39 years old and I've been on this like journey for a very long time. And yet I now have the opportunity to choose a different way and have that split second to pause and make a new choice and go, you know, I'm not going to jump back into that way of talking to myself anymore or believe that thought anymore I could just kind of be amused by it like huh there's that old part of me again and because I had so much practice being compassionate and understanding that part of myself is just protecting me and I've given so much compassion to it it's a lot easier to drop back into that real seat of the self as the compassionate one so that's I think the gift of meditation and that's why there's no straight answer of how long is it going to take me to get there. There's no straight answer, but it is um, something that likely will, will be years in the process, if not a lifelong journey. And like anything, the more consistent you are, the better your results, the faster things shift. And like with anything, you can overdo sometimes something. And so, you know, if you do a lot of meditation and all of a sudden you feel like you got hit by a truck and you're so raw and vulnerable like it's having, you're having a hard time leaving your house or going out and uh well it's time it's a sign to to back off a little bit and relax <laughs> have some fun and not everything has to be cathartic and 
heavy. Sometimes healing is about laughter and play and taking yourself out on a date and an artist date and going doing something fun for yourself. That can also be self-love. So mix it up, you know. And hopefully there's enough ideas within this talk that should spark you on the right path. But make it a lifestyle, you know. Like it's not like I'm going to do this once and it's enough. And this is a lifestyle. 100%. This is every single day, every action that you take, every decision that you make is based on what are my needs and desires and how can I how can I balance taking care of my needs and desires as much as possible while still serving the world and others in a in a beautiful way. That's a beautiful question to ponder about and also integrate because when we do practice meditation oftentimes it's also to get good at life rather than just being of course being good at meditation however that definition is for some people because there might be a tendency that oh i don't want to have any thoughts or any negative self-criticizing thoughts but really it's just that practice of yeah observing of knowing and in the life decisions the reactions the symbolize whatever that is and you can choose and as i said to give space so for our friends who are listening there are so many points in this conversations that you can already ponder about take notes ask yourself have a pause and i wonder leia do you suggest that these meditations and these prompts they can do themselves individually mm. or guided yeah one of your both meditation honestly um you can do it both ways you could certainly find a lot of beautiful self-love meditations out there um i myself have created some and um there are plenty of beautiful meditations in the balance app as well um that are designed to help you get more in touch with yourself and offer compassion and loving kindness to yourself And also um you can do any of the things that I just shared and turn that into a practice for yourself like just making the intention to sit and and just visualize your inner child and ask it those questions you know what do you need from me what are you afraid of what do you need to feel safe what do you need to feel loved and accepted or just to have a conversation with them and, and let them be heard and and to tell them that you love them and you're there for them yeah i think sometimes that's enough but other times we might need a coach to guide us and um that's okay too and so you know samara i know you are meditation teacher so am i and there's hopefully some accessible to you to uh reach out to for guidance in this if you need yeah thank you in this podcast i have a couple of indonesian and english ones but i do really love the balance app i used it throughout the pandemic two years and i love how individualized it's can you talk a little bit about the balance app so other people can know more oh sure yeah so i'm a, i'm one of the two coaches on the balance app it's a meditation and sleep app and it's on the google uh play store and so as well as the apple store uh and it's free for the first year and essentially there are, are incredible meditations and sleep journeys on there to help you with your mood, your sleep, your focus and your health overall, your mental health. Um it also adapts to you. So it's a very in, in, intelligent system that makes a unique path for every person based on 
your goals and answers to questions about your skill level and what it is that you have preferences for. So it's a pretty unique app out there for that reason. And I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah, 100%. So if you're listening to this and you're curious, you can go check and download the Balance app. You won't regret it because I loved it so, so much. And it's been really helpful for me to grow my meditation practice. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, Leah, for, for sharing your wisdom, your thoughts and experience. I wonder if you have one or two practical suggestions for our listeners to practice self-love mm-hmm. easily, like in the next breath or the next five minutes. What would that be? Yeah. Take a few breaths. You can even... Give yourself a hug, literally like take your arms and wrap it around yourself. And take another deep breath. And say to yourself, I love you. I love you just the way you are. You are worthy of love. You can do that anytime you need to. Something as simple as that. Beautiful. Oh, my heart's touched. (laughs) Thank you so much, Leah, for guiding us just now to practice loving ourselves. We're very, very grateful to learn and practice in a way that is accessible and also fun. As you said, it doesn't have to be always heavy and cathartic. It can be joyful and and playful. And that's very, very inspiring for me personally. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Very much so. And if you'd like to learn more about Leia's trainings, retreats, and meditations, download the Balance app and find her at leiasantacruz.com. There's also links to her offerings in the show notes. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care. Thank you. Pandangan dan opini yang disampaikan oleh kreator podcast, host, dan tamu tidak mencerminkan kebijakan resmi dan bagian dari podcast Network Asia. Setiap konten yang disampaikan mereka di dalam podcast adalah opini mereka sendiri dan tidak bermaksud untuk merugikan agama, grup etnik, perkumpulan, organisasi, perusahaan, perorangan, atau siapapun dan apapun.